When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chevalier Mortgage. You can call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com where you can get signed up for a free consultation and to discuss all of your options as well as get free DNVR merch. Check it out today. I'm sure you've heard about the great mortgage rates out there right now, but Mike and Virginia are not your typical mortgage company. Yes, they do have the phenomenal rates, but what makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner and looks at so much more than just rate when designing your home loan. Plus, they're a small family-owned company just like us here at DNVR, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. Again, head on over to dnvrmortgage.com and check them out today. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by Jesse Montano, and at least for the first part of the show, AJ Hayfley on his drive back. AJ, first of all, how's the drive going? Uh, it is 78 degrees and very sunny. There are no clouds in the sky, and I'm driving by a water tower that says Electra with a giant paw print. Neat. Descriptive. Yeah, someone's going to, like geolocate exactly where you are i'm sure off of that somehow but... i don't think it'd be very difficult man uh i'm somewhere i'm somewhere in texas <laughs> that narrows it down a little bit i guess yeah. uh anyway, second largest state in the u.s somewhere in there. yeah you know just like a few thousand square miles to cover <laughs> i'm sure you'll figure it I'm, out i'm i'm somewhere between wichita falls and amarillo a right. uh, real good buddy of mine played for the Wichita Falls Wildcats of the NAHL. There you go. And there's a there's a hockey team everywhere. You can always yeah. find one. Um, anyway, a lot of news to get to today. We'll get to the Av stuff in a little bit, but wanted to start with everything going on around the league because there's been a lot of crazy things happening. Um, the first one, and and maybe the one. I don't really think it has anything to do with the Avs, but we can have the conversation. Uh, Evander Kane was placed on waivers by San Jose. He did officially clear today, so he will report to the San Jose Barracuda as he starts to come back from whatever you want to call it. It <laughs> has been since the off season for him. Purgatory. So, yeah. Purgatory is a good way to put it. Um, so I'm curious on what your guys' thoughts are on the Kane situation in general, and the idea has been floated around in many fan bases, I'm sure, as included, that maybe someone should have picked him up. Uh, I will say on waivers, no. Absolutely under no circumstances. 
Yep. Okay. Not taking the full cap hit, and I would yeah. agree. Yeah. Hell to the no! Are you gonna bail San Jose out of that? Well, yeah. dude, like that—that that was. I remember when they signed him to that. At at, at that time, I, I. No, pass. Like I thought it was a bad deal at the time, especially when you factor in the terms. Yeah, I'm with I'm with AJ on that one. Not okay. uh, not on waivers. So, not taking him on waivers. Is he a potential by low candidate for, uh, you know, obviously I don't know what the Sharks want to do, but maybe there's a situation where they want to retain on him or whatever. They have to. Is if, they're, if they're serious about moving him, they have to retain and they have to retain all of it. I mean, they have to retain the full 50. Yeah. You're only allowed to retain up to 50%. So they've got to, they've got to eat all of that, man. There's no, there's no way. I, real, real, I'm, I'm real. of the opinion that that all contracts are tradable and all situations are amenable and that you can always find uh, somewhere for somebody, right? But with Evander Kane at this point, there's no way I can – a GM would have to be an actual moron to, to not force San Jose to eat all 50% of that. You might so, even you might even flip it through a team like Arizona to eat another million or two. Real real quick, um, aside from Vander Kane, Martin Kaut was just activated off injury reserve and sent to the Colorado Eagles. Um, so yeah, we'll talk uh, about that. Mar- Martin Kaut back back to Loveland officially. Yeah, we'll, just we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, we'll we'll jump into that a little bit later. Um, but for Probably now, a while. <laughs> yeah, well. Evander Kane uh, is yeah. just a weird situation, right? It's no, I I, I agree hundred percent with everything AJ just said. Yeah, you, you want out of that problem? Cool. You're gonna keep half of that. I uh, yep. full, full agreement. Yeah. I, I think the if so there there there's really just the two issues that we have to talk about here, right? Uh yep. the, the hockey player and the Evander Kane player. Yeah. The because the, because the hockey player of Vander Kane, and this is strictly the hockey player of Vander Kane, there may not be a better fit in the NHL for what the Avalanche need between uh, between the position that he plays, between his size, his goal scoring ability, uh, the physicality that he plays, the way that he played in San Jose last year, uh, which was some of the best hockey of his career. I mean, Evander Kane, the hockey player at this stage of his career, is a picture perfect fit for Colorado. It, it is a that there are there are few players in the NHL that you could drop into the either either to be honest either wing left or right on the second line and say, you know, the, the, perfect. Yeah. he just checks he checks all the boxes because he is he is a power forward he does he does bring some snarl he does bring edge he does bring a level of determination and and stubbornness in his game he brings sandpaper that Colorado could absolutely use and his goal scoring ability is you know his career speaks for itself in that regard uh, if you get lucky and you get one of those really good years then you're really in the money with him. Um, so when you when you talk about just the hockey player, it's not hard to see where the appeal would be, especially from somebody like Colorado, where that's that's an area where you really want to know. You know, look, Val Nichushkin has been a 
freight train this year. But is he is that going to continue? And if it does, you know, a guy like Kane puts he stresses a guy like Burakovsky to bring his best every single night on the other side. So, you know, it would just, it, obviously from a pure hockey perspective, it makes tons of sense. It makes them, it makes them better. Like <laughs> without, without question, it makes them more competitive and deeper and scarier. And when you're talking about the fact that the San Jose is going to have to eat cap it to do it, that's even better for a team like Colorado. It doesn't want to spend money because now you're talking about three and a half million for a guy that, you know, can be a high impact player for you. So when you look just at that from, from that perspective, it's really, really easy to see why this would at least be tempting for, for the avalanche from a, just an on ice conversation. From a purely business perspective in a Vander Kane, especially if San Jose retained half. So you're getting this guy at a three and a half million dollar cap hit. Yeah. Automatic 20 goal score automatic 45 point guy with, with an upside of 30 goals and maybe 60, 70 points even. Um, Yeah. It it would be. And then uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Is he left or a right shot? Is it left? left. Um, Yeah. yeah, I I mean, he he just, that's the type of player that we we've talked about it a bunch recently with just some of the injuries coming back, you know, just it, it, Nachushkin has been so good on that second line. And, and so, you know, I, I don't know, you know, obviously if Nachushkin keeps playing that way, I don't know if you're taking him off, off that unit, but now you've got someone like a Vander Kane, uh, Val Nachushkin that can kind of bounce back and forth between those second and third lines. Um, you know, you, you have guys, JT Confer now playing in a more appropriate bottom six, you know, fourth line role. Um, Abe Kubel, more appropriate fourth line role. Uh, this is just someone that gives you so much more kind of flexibility as a player um, that, yeah, now obviously I, and I think this is what we're about to get into the price and all that stuff would have to make sense. But if you're just talking about simply plucking a player out and plugging him into a team, um, he's got so many ripple effects beyond just him being a good fit on that second line. You know, it, it just, it makes this team so much deeper, so much stronger on the wings. And with the way the injuries have gone this year, um, this team, it, it's not possible for them to have enough depth. Yeah. It, the hockey player is absolutely worth it. What Where the conversation gets, should any team even really consider picking up this player, is the off-the-ice stuff. And, you know, obviously uh, what exactly is true and what isn't true, we're probably never going to know the full extent of, of what went on with Kane with the potential betting and much worse things than that possibly um but my biggest concern there is as chad is talking about ah, wouldn't the avs locker room be be super great for kane this is all right san jose is his third team that he's gone to where this has become a problem for him with off ice stuff winnipeg he was not well liked in that locker room it's pretty well known at this point uh he goes to buffalo does not fit in super well there either. And then he came to San Jose in the first couple of years in San Jose. It seemed like, you know what? He's fitting in better. He's starting to figure it out. And then all of this stuff happens. So. Has it, I, I just realized AJ left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, he's near Wichita Falls, so I can't imagine the yeah, service, service there must is... be rough there, bud. Yeah. Yo, Vernon, Vernon, Texas don't play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't allow wow. internet around here. Now, the like you said, I know in Atlanta slash Winnipeg, it did get to the point where it was um, locker room related. Are, are we sure his off-ice issue... Now, obviously, th- there's a laundry list of issues that have led to him being out of the league to th- this point this year. <clears throat> are these locker room issues... Is, is this stuff that's extending from outside of the rink into the locker room? Because, I mean, the 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 gambling on his own games and, and you know, the, the fake COVID card and, you know, there's there's some other stuff, too, that, again, is all none of it's ever been confirmed or whatever, but doesn't look great. So are these issues that he's having within the locker room as well? Or do you think these are just teams that are saying, Hey, we, we need to move on from him because he's causing too many problems for our PR team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that we'll ever know how much right. that was in the locker room other than the Winnipeg stuff that, you know, is pretty but, clear. They did not yeah, like him in that locker so, room. But. Yeah. What I can, what I can tell you about the locker room stuff is that, and I don't know. I don't know what it looks like today in San Jose, but when he was in Buffalo and he was getting shopped around the league, there was. I I did a lot of background on it because the Avs were really interested at the time, uh, and so I was kind of preparing myself for the possibility of this. And so I did a lot of background and talked to a lot of people and talked to some former teammates and. He was really well liked by a lot of people, uh, and it was the the common belief was that he would thrive in a situation where he wasn't a star player, he was not in a leadership role, and he could just kind of blend into the room and be one of the guys, and be you know he he needed some adults in the room to keep him in line. He needed somebody to set the tone for him. He couldn't be a guy that did it on his own. That he needed, he needed some veteran presence to kind of wrangle him in. And I think when you look at his San Jose tenure, he got there. There were adults in the room. They got really good hockey out of him. And then the adults started to move on a little bit as San Jose transformed into sort of this weird, like, really high-end, high-priced, there's a handful of veterans and then the rest are just kids. And all of his off ice stuff went off the rails. And so I, I, you know, I, I, it's really easy to sit here. And the the only, uh, the only reason this is even a conversation is because the talent is where it is. Uh, And I think, and I think it's a really fair question that they ask themselves, especially in light of everything that just happened with Chicago. What is it worth just to, to chase a Stanley cup? You know, do we want, do we want to give, I mean, this isn't a second chance. This is a fourth, fifth, sixth chance for this guy. Do we want to be an organization that, that lays it out on the line for this guy because we're chasing a Stanley cup? Are we, are we going to continue? Are we, cause it, for me, any acquisition is a tacit condoning of the behavior that put him in the position that he's in. And I think that you have to ask yourself as an organization, are we comfortable with that? Do we want, do we want to be that organization? Because you can look at it in two ways, right? You can say, this is a great redemptive arc. 
this dude could could show up in Colorado. He gets it all together. All the investigations end up being, you know, the, the there's there's not enough truth there for them to continue to investigate them, and uh, you know, they end up being what they be. And he gets a clean slate in Colorado. He does a great job. They win a Stanley Cup. He experiences success, and he gets, you know, he gets he gets to kind of have a good a, a good comeback story, like a a Michael Vick esque second half of his career, right? And everything works well, and he grows up, and he stops pulling all this shit away from the ice. That's all good and well, right? Like awesome, great, cool. You can see that story. That's the one that everybody's going to want to believe when they talk themselves into this being worth it. The other one is he continues to be who he has consistently been over a long period of time now. And he's just kind of a shithead. He smears your organization. He becomes your problem instead of San Jose's problem. You've got all this nonsense now surrounding you. There's a bunch of outside noise. He's a daily distraction. Try and, and, and it takes away from everything that you're trying to accomplish as a group because it becomes a singular focus on Evander Kane all the time, every day. So which one of those is more important? So, so now, now here, because I, I do think there is something worth pointing out with a lot of this stuff for me, for me, I have long been a, a very harsh critic of the NFL and a lot of its franchises because, you know, we, we saw it in, you know, come to light this year um, in the NHL with the Chicago Blackhawks, where they clearly put winning ahead of something that was morally you know, before you even get to any of the, the, the legality and, and, you know, horrificness of it. But it was like, wow, your morals just completely brushed them under the rug in the name of winning. To me, the, the, the COVID stuff and the betting on his own games, that is, I think he used a perfect word there, AJ. That's just him being a shithead. Like to me, that, that, that stuff's not as much of a distraction. That's someone that's like, whoa, this guy hasn't ever really fully grasped, you know, that side of it and the maturity away from hockey based on, you know, what you were just saying, I don't think that stuff would be an issue. I don't think it would continue in this locker room. Um, and, 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 you know, if it does, you you deal with it. I don't see how you could possibly trust it at this point. It was after Winnipeg and you say, all right, well, you know, maybe something was off there. Well, Buffalo sucks, but it's after San Jose a third time. At a certain point, you have to look at it and go, it's not worth it, man. It, but, it's but, not worth but it, it. But it depends on what you're talking about. Now, again, so so where I was going with that was it's it's the domestic violence one. If if I'm remembering right, that that is still one that's out there, right? Him and his was it No, they looked in they looked into that and they said that there wasn't enough there for them to continue okay. on down that road. Okay, because that's the one to me where I do not like seeing pick a, uh, you know, a, a celebrities, athletes, whoever. I don't like to see those types of people rewarded that, that do stuff like that away from the game. To me, the, the, the COVID stuff and the betting on his own games, those are things where it's like, come on, dude. Like, like you're just being an idiot. That to me, I don't want to say I have no problem with it. Cause obviously there's things that go with it, but those like those two problems bother me a lot less than s- stuff where you're getting in legal trouble and, and again domestic disputes. Um, I, I don't. I don't 
like those are those are you know like faking a covid uh the faking a vaccine thing like that's a victimless crime right right you know the, I don't a know if I agree with that but okay a I dv do, like do. you know what i you know what i mean though like 100%. he well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into the absurdity of the NHL and how they're handling COVID, man, because I this weekend was another feather in the cap of nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. Uh but I think like faking faking that for the purposes of the NHL, I think is a victimless crime. Uh betting on betting on his own games and shit is a victimless crime. You know, like I don't, I, I don't like that stuff. That's going to impact him, right? right. You're talking to DV, DV is 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 there's a there's a victim that you consider there. There are there are way deeper yep. moral moral questions that go with stuff like that. And I'm not and I'm not saying, oh well, they cleared him of it, so you're not worried about it. Like there there was very clearly something seriously seriously wrong in that relationship. And I, I don't, I don't know that just because they weren't able to, you know, what what's true and what you can prove are very different conversations. And I just don't, there's so much smoke around his, him being inappropriate in a relationship with a significant other that I just, for me, I don't, I don't care about the hockey. I'm drawing a hard line and I'm saying, if you treat women like that, you treat people like that. You're not in this organization. End of conversation. I just yeah. And you I know the fact that the fact that it's proven and and it's not held up to like the court of law or whatever. Again, this is not this dude's second chance. We're talking. This would be this would be what his fourth organization. Like at some point, the organizations in the NHL need to stand up and have some respect for themselves, and say we don't need to employ people like this. Personally, I, Evander Kane, I've loved watching him play hockey in his career. I think he would be a wonderful addition to the Avalanche as a hockey player. But as a, as a human being and as a person, absolutely not. Do not do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the op- – it's, it's not – what does the opportunity cost? You either, you either win a Stanley Cup, which you might do without him anyway, or you, you, you possibly enable bad behavior – where victimless crimes are, are not what's next on the docket for him. He's, he's proven himself to be a shithead. Don't reward the behavior. Don't even, don't even, don't even have the conversation anymore. Move on from it and be done. Yep. I, I agree with you on that. As, as someone who's actively called for the abs to go out and get him a couple of years ago, and when new information comes out, you have to be able to adjust your, viewpoint so but so hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on so what was the let's let's just walk this back because i i agree with a lot of what aj said and and like i said i think i think he's a shithead but like so why why did he leave and and this and these are serious i'm being dead serious what why why did he leave winnipeg was it just he didn't get along in the room or was there an off-ice incident yeah, I mean, there were there were a number of things, man. Like, I thought Money Phone was hilarious, but you do that shit during the middle of a lockout when a bunch of people are losing jobs? Like, what a selfish asshole, right? So, again, like, it's not it's not like he was a, 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 another victimless crime there, right? And not not a crime, but just bad judgment. Yeah, and that's the thing is that 
no matter no matter what no matter which transgression you pick out of the pile of them at this point in his career the thing that consistently plagues him is bad judgment left and right why why are you of you the, the avalanche are an organization that have spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to build up a leadership core and build a level of accountability in their room and you risk you risk tearing all of that down by no. throwing if, in if, if you really the think grenade that, like that is this, a vander game if you really think a player like this can tear down a, a locker room like what we truly believe the abs have built and their locker room isn't as strong as we think it is no, and that, it's, that's, that's the kind of volatile personality that splits a room inherently because guys are going to want to give him a second chance and there are going to be guys that don't want to give him a second chance it's Every, every room, every locker room, every institution that is led by people is prone to people problems. And yeah. there is no room that, that could can, that can just sustain that level of drama without any kind of issue. It just doesn't exist. This is one of those human fallacies where um, the, the room isn't as strong as we think. That dude is, it, is a nuke. To a room, to, to any room that he goes so in. So hold on, so hold the on. We stopped at money phone. We stopped at money phone. Is that that? I right. mean, it was his teammates. His teammates didn't like him, and they're not the only teammates to, to, to not like him. But they're also like Winnipeg has also had a lot of guys that those particular teammates haven't liked over the years. Right. Okay. So so, so then he moved on to Buffalo, and what happened in Buffalo? I didn't, from what I heard, there were not extensive teammate issues from Buffalo and early on in his San Jose tenure. Now, I don't know where things are. Again, I don't know where they are today, but I talked to a couple of those guys and and I did not hear significant problems from teammates about his, about his, his going about his business, his work ethic, his, his in arena as part of the organization stuff. So to, to what I can understand writing this guy off over the fact that he's done some kind of dumbass stuff on social media, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He did some dumbass social media stuff. And then in the last year, yeah, this dude has been fucking stacking like idiotic shit that started with something that. I, I don't think sports take seriously enough, which is domestic, uh, domestic violence, uh, you know, accusation. But then th- these last two things are again, like AJ said, they're, they're, they're victimless crimes. They affect him and, and, and nobody else. Like I, I just, I, I, I want to be now, let me, let me step aside here. I don't think the abs need to go out and trade for this guy. There's, there's potential for, you know, for some stuff to crop up. I just don't think they need to deal with it. I don't think they need to give up the assets. I don't think they need to give up the cap space. Um, when there's, when there's options for them that, that would fill a similar role that would probably cost you less. So I I just want to say that, but like, I I just don't think it's fair to say no NHL organization should give this guy a look because he's done some kind of dumbass shit. I, I don't, I don't. Is it 30, 30 year old dude? You're, 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 you're stacking, you're talking about the problem that he got caught. Like, no. when we, uh, that's taking this many decisions throughout. 
Yeah, we're losing you. I'm I'm sure that's a great <laughs> argument. I'm yeah. positive it is. <laughs> Full robot. Uh, yeah. Look, we do. We're we're almost half an hour into the show, so we kind of do have to wrap this up. But for me, there has been a repeated number of offenses through Evander Kane's career where even in the best of situations in San Jose, he couldn't keep himself out of the problem. And you guys say it's a victimless crime, but at the end of the day, all of these things come out and it blows back on the team. It blows back on everybody around him. Even if no one was directly affected by the confirmed things that he's done, there's still a bigger issue at at large there. And it's just... I don't see how it's ever possibly worth it, at least for the abs, certainly to do any of that. And see, and that's, and that's, I, I agree with that last part right there, Rudu. I agree. I, I, I personally don't think that he should be, you know, blacklisted, but when you're a team in the situation, the abs are in, why, why even potentially open that door is, is where I am at with it relative to the abs. But do I think there's a couple teams out there that if someone wanted to, to take one one last shot on this guy, I, I, I just don't think that he needs to be blacklisted by the league. But I agree with that last part you said there. For the abs, don't even open yourself up to any kind of possibility or potential. Um, you're, you're not in a position where you need to mess with that. Yeah, it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> that's not better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, if AJ comes back, maybe we can circle back around. But I we do want to talk about some other things. You brought up blacklisting. I, I think we could all agree you can't bite people in an NHL dude, hockey game. Duh, dude. What was Brendan Lemieux doing? I, I thought you were going to say thinking, and I was going to say absolutely nothing. Because <sighs> you, you can't have much going on in your brain if you're going to do that. I just can't. I I hope they give him like twenty five games or something. Like, oh, dude, they 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 absolutely. This needs to be a double digit game suspension, and I agree with you. Twenty to twenty five is what I think they need to do. Uh, I, I don't know if they will, um, but I mean, completely inappropriate. Forget in a sports seg- like setting. Completely inappropriate for for anywhere in society (laughs) at at almost any age above what? Maybe 10 months. Like once you're over 10 months old, you should really stop biting people. (laughs) It's it's insanity. And and this comment that's here on the screen. Yes. Like, yes, you should be surprised. There are scumbag players. there 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 are cheap players. There are all kinds of players. I don't know of anyone that's ever bit anybody in the NHL. I, it's general, genuinely baffling. Seriously, that the plan was I'm a bite this guy at any point, at, no matter <laughs> what is happening in that <laughs> hockey game. If your plan is to bite a dude, you're in the wrong. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I mean, this is supposed to be a guy that's like a you know gritty, uh, you know, willing to drop the gloves, you know, play play heavy. And you bit twice. He bit him twice. Yeah. And it's not like 
not only did he bite him, this was like after a situation where they scrapped and they were, he continued to punch Kachuk while he was still on the ice. And it's like, oh, that's fine. We're just going to live with all this nonsense. That wasn't bad enough. He's got to bite him. Like, dude. Well, and he, like, he broke, like, he broke skin. So, like, he got, like, a hold of him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, like, you can't really see it because his helmet's on, but you can see him, like, actively, like, grab his hand and then go in for the bite. And it's like, dude, I just. What is happening in the NHL? This is insanity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, now, I don't know. You saw Kachuk's comments after? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What did, what did you uh, what did you make of that? Because, I mean, he sits there talking about how nobody likes him, nobody wants him on their team. Like, is this the kind of thing that after this season is up, could, like, Brendan Lemieux legitimately see his NHL career, like, dwindle starting with this incident i mean if he gets suspended <laughs> 25 games that's a rough start that's for sure. <laughs> unfortunately the way the nhl functions suspensions don't really affect negatively the team that the player plays for it's just they have to pay some of the fine and stuff but yeah it's not like a big detriment especially for someone like brendan lemieux who's you get 15 points out of him a year. He's a fourth line guy. He's, he's a grinder that yeah. unfortunately there's still some of a mentality in the NHL where I don't think anyone's going to condone the biting, but there are people in the league that are going to see that as like, Oh, he's a tough gritty guy. People are going to yeah. hate to play against him. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he gets under their skin. You see how upset Brady Kachuk yeah, was. Right. Like, exactly. Lab beauty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly why he's bad. But so, I mean, look, this is a guy who has not really held down a full-time spot in the NHL yet in his career. It could see him go out of the league, but I I think he'll get more opportunities. I don't I, think I, it'll end it. I think you make a good point though. Like if d- depending on the severity of this suspension, um, I, I could see that as, as, you know, teams kind of starting to be like, okay, well, that was a guy we maybe saw could bring some value, but he just got himself suspended for 25 games in what his year three season. Yeah, and that's look, look as fans following Kadri know as well as anyone like that stigma doesn't go away. If every yeah. time the dopes looks at you after that, they're like, well, he was the guy who bit somebody. <laughs> so we better come down hard. Uh, Abe Kubel in a, you know, in a much, you know, kind of yeah, more, sure. uh, you know, micro, example he came in with the the you know um reputation of oh he takes bad penalties and stuff and those first two games with the abs were two calls that i honestly thought were like super cheapy calls but you know that they were called on reputation so that's not something that's easy to get rid of and now especially with how well this brendan lemieux thing has been covered um yeah you you know for sure any in anything in a scrum, he's going to be the one that gets the extra two for, you know, giving someone an extra shot or, or, or doing anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it, depending on how how severe the suspension is, I, I could seriously see some teams, not all, but some teams start to say, yeah, we're not even going to mess with that because he, he's not in the line, you know. He, he doesn't bring enough value for how much he actively hurts the team. Yeah. 
on the ice. Yeah, I, I expect them to have no shortage of opportunities, but I do think there will be some teams that are like, nope, not even going to deal with it. And, and I guess this is, this isn't this kind of the crazy thing? Cause I just, I just said on the ice and it made me think of like, uh, and, and this, this isn't exclusive to sports or hockey. It's, it's everywhere. Like, isn't it funny how we can sit there and how you, you can, whether regardless of which side you're on, you can make the legitimate argument for why teams would be interested in a Vander Kane, but literally hurting your team on the ice and being dumb like that will get you blacklisted quicker than betting on your own games and yeah, it, you know, having like a legal investigation into it. It's a whole nother conversation for oh, dude. another day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. But like I said, I always think about with the NFL, there's, you always see all kinds of crazy stuff with the NFL guy gets cut for something crazy. The next day he signs like a multi-year deal worth way more money than yeah, I mean, my entire family would ever make combined. Texans ended up not trading him, but look at Deshaun Watson's situation where, you know, every team in the league was calling to acquire that dude, even with all of his off-field stuff that all was going on. All of his off-field stuff. All, like, what, 21 of his Why off-field stuff? Yeah, isn't that many now? I don't it's, know. It's close. It's but, but, no, you know, it's, it is just funny because um, right, wrong, and different, like, seriously, Brendan Lemieux may have just hurt his chances at playing long-term in his career more than you know, not, I'm not going to compare it to Deshaun Watson, but using different, the Vander Kane, be, betting on his things, own game. But you still right? don't bite people. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not a, this isn't a hard one. It's not a like Vander, a Vander Kane faked a COVID vaccine card, bet on his own games, and he's never bit someone. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he just did two of the dumbest, like, idiot things you could do, and he hasn't bit someone. Aaron Rodgers put his bare foot in front of the camera the other day in media availability, and he's never bit someone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not hard to not bite people. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that, hey, let's make that the name of the show. It's not hard. It's not that hard to not bite people. <laughs> uh, one other thing for around the league, uh, the Habs are, I don't know, blowing up their front office, but certainly rearranging it. Uh obviously they had a terrible start to the season, which I think everybody but Montreal saw coming for them. (laughs) But but a conversation we've had before on the show, um, does it open up a door for Patrick Waugh to get back into the league? Dude, okay, so we were just actually having this conversation at practice um, about the day that he quit. Okay, yeah. And just the way that it was handled. And I mean, it's pretty well documented. He had one of his buddies who owned a PR firm release the statement saying he was leaving. And that was how most of Av's PR and the Av's organization found out. Zach made- has told the story. I was like, yeah, I talked to him and said, we we're going to play golf earlier that day on the phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I, I just found out there was uh, the Avs head PR person was on, on the way to a vacation when it happened. Oh, brutal. Landed, landed in his destination for a vacation and his turns on his phone and it just starts going crazy. So, and, and where I'm going with all of this, I'm honestly a little surprised because to answer your question directly, yes, I do think it opens that door up, 
and and I'd probably even be willing to bet he's if there is if there's odds out there for this, he's probably the odds on favorite to get that job. Um, but I'm surprised. His name has been connected to not just the Montreal Canadiens, but a couple different NHL organizations over the last few years. Um, I know he was he he was um in discussion for uh, different jobs in Seattle, both GM and head coach. Um, and his name's come up in Montreal a couple times for coach or, or GM. And, and I don't know, man, for me, I, I'm just a little surprised that after seeing the way he left the organization, not that things didn't go right, not that he didn't win, not even that he left, but the fact that he left them with less than a month to go before training camp didn't tell anyone and most of the abs organization including at the time his co-gm found out through a french media release <laughs> like I, i'm honestly just surprised that there's organizations because from everything that i've gathered obviously i wasn't around the team when patrick law was playing but pretty much from what i've gathered that is yep that is vintage patrick Waugh. The way he coached, the way he played, when he decides he's done, he's taking his yep. ball and he's going I home. Th I think a lot of teams look at that for two reasons. One, they look at that and go, well, that mentality of Patrick was a winner, so we're willing to live with that because he's a winner. And the, and the yeah. other side of it, which backs that up as uh, – understand that there's some context here that I think a lot of people overlook and that they come to an inaccurate conclusion when they get here, but – Team C Patrick while left team C the abs had a 48 point season that year without him. And Patrick was definitely at fault to some extent. For that season. <laughs> well, go but, ahead, go ahead. Finish but, your point, yeah. but teams say, look, look at how terrible they were. You know, of course, Wall would want to leave a team like that. So, and I, the hilarious, and I think this is the point you're driving at is Patrick Waugh, exactly what it just said in the chat. Patrick Waugh, Patrick Wall rage quit because he realized that he built this dumpster fire of a team. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, seriously, because he was trying to, he, he got a little bit, he bought way too much into that uh, 13, 14 season. Everyone knew everyone could see, you know, people, abs fans were enjoying the hell out of it. Cause it was fun. And it had been a decade of, you know, just mediocrity and, and struggles and, so it was a ton of fun. No one is saying it wasn't. But that team was very obviously flawed. There, there were all there were signs all over the place that pointed to a major regression. And every season, Patrick Waugh sold off. And, and again, this is another thing that's well documented. Patrick Waugh was at the forefront, leading the charge of selling off assets for middling veterans that he was, you know, thought could get them over the hump. And every move got them further and further and further away. And finally, when the organization said, no, we have to do this right. This team is not built to compete. He said, well, fine, I'm out of here. And I agree with you. I think a lot of organizations look at that as, oh, well, look how much they struggled that first year without him. And it's like, yeah, but, but they haven't looked back <laughs> since. And and you bring up a good point. Patrick Waugh, the head coach. You can like his coaching style or not, yeah. whatever. That's on you. But a coach, it's fine if they have a win right now mentality all the time because that's their job. They want to go out and win every single night. Patrick yep. Waugh, the GM, 
you got to have a little bit more view of the future. You got to yeah. be able to take a bigger picture look than try to win every year in a situation like the Az were in at the time. Well, and, and one of my understandings, and we can move on uh, from this, you know, one, one of my, one of the things I understand from the Patrick Watt era was he really struggled to collaborate in that front office and really struggled to, you know, give as much as he got, especially when it came to, you know, dealing with Joe Sackick, you know, scouts on, on individual players. Now, you know, one really good thing that's come out of it is it sounds, you know, Patrick Wobb was basically the one that said, Nope, we're taking Nathan McKinnon. We're not taking Seth Jones. We're taking Nathan McKinnon. I can see this guy. I, I've seen him up close. I know what he's capable of. Now that's one that worked out really well for the apps, but that is kind of a, you know, that's a good lesson to learn and a good story to keep in mind when you're talking about Patrick Waugh, the GM, he just kind of said, Nope, this is what we're doing. And I think that was what eventually led to the split was Joe Sackick said, we're not just going to kind of, obviously not in these words, but you know, we're not just going to blindly follow what Patrick Waugh says anymore. We're getting further from where we want to be. We need to look at this a different way. And that was when he left. So if the Montreal Canadians are going to hand the keys to the car to Patrick Waugh, be prepared for no one to be riding in the car with him. He is going where he wants to go and he's going to be making all the turns. Nobody's going to have any input. And just to be clear, one of the reasons Patrick was always going to be super connected to Montreal is the way that they function. It sounds like they're going to try and do like a multi-person thing now in their front office, but someone in their front office always needs to be able to speak French. And so it yep. strictly narrows down the candidates that they have for those types of positions and Patrick Waugh speaks French. So his name will always come up there when it comes to that type of thing. Yeah. I, th- I thought it would have been fun to see him in Seattle. I, f- I feel like they'd be off to a better start this season. <laughs> Either that or Waugh would have left already. <laughs> One of the two. Um, okay. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, uh, the official beer of DNBR. Be sure to go get some when you're, diving deep into conversations about Patrick Waugh's insanity as a GM one way or another. Uh, you can get it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator to find it near you. And also check out Green Mountain Dental Group. You can get your teeth taken care of with them. And when you get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush so you can take care of your teeth at home, too. They've been with us for a very long time, and everyone who switched say they do a great job on their teeth. So, yeah, check them out. Just 15 minutes from downtown in Lakewood. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Gonna be second and third period is gonna be quick today, I think, compared to <laughs> compared to that first period. Um, there obviously is some more good abs news. Jesse, you were the one at practice. Nathan McKinnon officially a full participant today. Yeah, and honestly, man, uh, uh, head coach uh, coach said it after practice, and uh, Landis Cog spoke to it after practice. I guess, and so did Kelmacar. I thought he looked great, man. Like he, (laughs) he really, he really looked like he was ready. Um, And I I talked about a little bit in the practice notebook um, that, that should be going up. Um, You know, the abs have been in a really good spot with the fact that they've been rolling. I think they've been kind of able to slow play this a little bit because he, he looks, he looks ready to play. And it's funny, man, because, they've been playing so well without him that you kind of forget. And, and, you know, Miko's so good and, and Kale McCarr has been on fire and Nazem Kadri has been playing out of his mind that you forget that there is still a player that 
like that he's just on that next tier, man. You know, Kale McCarr, I, I think is in his realm. Um, but like you just see him out there and, and, and he is, he's just a cut above everyone else. He had three or four plays today where he made guys just look silly. I mean, picking corners, dancing guys, walking through people. Um, he had this one play when they were practicing power plays where, I mean, he walked off the wall and, and literally within three feet of each other, just walked right through two guys and then suddenly he's all alone in front of the net and just, and just rips one back bar. And um, so he was <laughs> definitely a full participant in practice. Uh, Jared Bendar said right now, the plan is still uh, to uh, uh, get him in that first game on Wednesday um, in Toronto. So unless something starts feeling funky between now and Wednesday, it looks like he should be back in the lineup. Yeah. So should be a fun one on, on Wednesday when Mac is back and, the conversation I want to get into with Max specifically, which you kind of touched on, Abs are seven and one without him. Uh, They currently sit by points percentage in, I believe 10th place in the league. Um, But they also have a bunch of games in hand on everyone. Yep. So is it reasonable to expect the abs should be a top three team in the league with Mac back? Yeah, I I, I do. And, and now, um, this is another thing that Bednar actually addressed after practice was, and I think Rudo, you were the one that you just said this on Twitter or something, or maybe it was when we were on, on one of the last shows, the team was, you know, maybe trying to force the puck to him a little bit in that first 10 game segment. Um, you know, the team was struggling, he was struggling. And I think there was a little bit of a sense of, we'll just get the puck to Nate. Right. Everyone who's played youth sports, everyone has that one kid on the team where it's like, yeah, just let them go do it and, and, and we'll be fine. Um, and, and I think that was a little bit of what you were seeing. And, and Bednar talked about that a little bit saying, yeah, you know, it, it's when you have a player as good as McKinnon, it's really easy for a team to um, default to them when, when things aren't going well. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't think that's going to be the case when, when he jumps back into the lineup, I, I think he'll uh, jump back in. I think the team's still rolling. I think the team's feeling good and, and he's going to be able to come in. And now look, here's the other thing. We said that Nathan McKenna got off to a really bad start. And I, I'll say it again. I don't think he played well. I think he was forcing stuff. I think he was making errors. The dude's over a point per game. He's got yeah. 10 points in eight games. Like yeah. that's how good he is, is when he's playing poorly and i still i will still say right now that i think he was playing poorly the dude's over a point per game player i i think he's gonna get to come back in have some of those good feelings again he's able to kind of leave all that behind him since the team's rolling again um and i think he'll be able to jump right back in you imagine there will be a game or two adjustment period him getting back up to game speed after being off for shit over a month now i think um but but I think he's going to jump back in and and, and just keep rolling uh, and, or start rolling. You know the thing with them forcing it to Mac too a little bit. It, look at what their lineup actually was at the start of the season. Yeah, they had most people healthy, but Kale McCarr wasn't actually healthy, right? He was playing through some stuff, so he wasn't certainly not the option he has been over the last six games, where he's just been an absolute monster. Yeah. Uh, Landis Gog has had to fill this weird role on this team this year where he's almost a little bit of an enforcer and, and doing a lot of other things beyond just point production when it comes to that. He's never really been the guy that 
shoulders the load offensively. And and even Miko before the hat trick game the other night hadn't really taken over a game yet this season as yeah. as the the top scoring guy. So it it did feel like a lot of that was on Max shoulders through the first 10 games of the season and and now he's coming back to a team where everyone's rolling and Great he just point. needs to to jump in and also just do the thing. Great Not point. be no, everything, yeah. yeah. So. Seriously, and and now like you look at that so the PP1 that they were running today was um the 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 top line uh McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Kadri in the bumper spot and McCarr up top. Yep. Like if you're a PK unit of four, which guy right there is the most important one to cover? Yeah, you're screwed. The guy the guy coming off a hat trick who was the leading scorer last year, um the fourth highest point getter in the league, Nathan <laughs> McKinnon, Kale McCarr, or Landy who's just I mean he's you know in that Joe Pavelski level down in front of the net. It's like now they have to get the fucking zone first for that to be an issue. <laughs> well, Nathan McKinnon should help with that. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but I mean, like seriously, it, it's just um, I think you make a great point there, man. That he doesn't need he he will he'll end up being the guy again. But like right now, the way the team's playing, he do, he Nathan McKinnon actually doesn't have to go out and be the guy, and that's what's made him I think so lethal the last few years. Is he is the guy? but like he's got plenty of backup yep. so that if he does have an off night, it doesn't all rest on his shoulders. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head early in this season. I think he did, was feeling like it was all resting on his shoulders and it was a little bit. Yep. I, it's really hard to not be excited about what the abs could look like over the next month, assuming they can stay relatively <laughs> healthy this month, which yeah. is a big assumption. But yeah. I was looking at it the other day. The Avs in the month of November had a points percentage of over 700. Yep. And that's extremely high. But the best teams in the league over the years, there's a handful that, that can maintain that, that can be over 700 percentage points teams. So it's possible that this is sustainable for the avalanche, the current pace that they've been on. Now how that bread gets made, it's probably not blowouts every single night, but they could continue on this pace. It's not unbelievable to think that. Yeah. And you know, I saw the, uh, the money puck graphic that was posted on Twitter by somebody the other night. The abs are the highest percentage team to make the playoffs in the league right now despite the starts of teams like Florida and Carolina, it's Colorado that is like 95% to make the playoffs and they're the highest percentage for every round all the way down. So yeah, I think teams still know, and, and it's going to be interesting. I do want to see how the abs play when teams are bringing their a game against them every night in a situation where the abs are a healthy team that's capable of responding are the abs going to be playing the best hockey game in the league every Saturday night? That's what I want to know. You mean in terms of like their, like, like what, what, what they, what they turn out on the ice every yeah. night? It is the abs game. The, the game everybody wants to watch every night. Oh, 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 I got you. I got you. Um, you know, man, I, I think it will be. I think with kind of the way they're trending right now, I'd have to imagine Colorado Toronto's hockey night in Canada or no, I guess it's Wednesday, huh? 
it is a Wednesday. I was thinking it was a Saturday. Duh, what an idiot. Um, but but I, I imagine that's going to be a pretty tuned into game. Um, the abs are, you know, really ramping it up. Toronto is white hot. Um, and, and I think as the abs kind of continue to turn it up every night, uh, I, I, I think they will. I think they're going to become some must see TV late in the season. Um, if they, especially if they keep kind of trending and gearing in the right direction, <laughs> I think they they had some games last year where they weren't must watch TV. Cause it was like, Oh yeah, the abs are going to roll over them for 58 minutes and win six to one. When you play San Jose and LA and Arizona every night, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. A lot of the time. Yeah. (laughs) This year that there's real proper competition on a lot of nights for Colorado. So it's a, it's a different look for sure to say the least about the abs having to earn their keep a little bit. Yep. So. I'm excited yeah. for that. Uh, Ad, you mentioned earlier in the show, but uh, there's a bunch of more people watching now. Martin Kaut, healthy, getting sent down to the Eagles. Jesse, what are what are your expectations there? Yeah, no, um, I, I definitely think uh, this is one thing where, you know, he hasn't played now in several weeks. And so I expect him, I, I think he's going to get, um, you know, parked with the Eagles for at least a couple weeks. They don't play with the same regularity as the NHL club. Um you know, look, I, I I really like Martin Kaut. He's had some games where you sit there and you say, yes, that's an NHL player. That's an NHL regular. To, to my eye, he hadn't done enough of that stuff before he got injured. Um, so I think, one, they're going to send him down to the Eagle, or the, they already have sent him down to the Eagles after activating him off IR, like Rudo just said. Um, but I think they want him to stay there for at least a couple weeks. Um, and now Rudo to your other point, obviously, if you get any amount of injury luck, it could end up being longer than that. Um, but I'd like to see him go down there and follow that Alex Newhook kind of trajectory, right? Go down one, get back into games, get healthy and just get feeling good about your game again. He was putting up points and globs in the AHL at the start of the season. Um, let's see him get back to that. Um, and, and, and honestly, if, if he can get back to that and can take that, I mean, I mean, if you're fully healthy, I don't know where he fits. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, be, be a threat for that Abe Kubel spot. You, you know, you talked about it a little bit on Twitter this morning and I, and I got in there a little bit, be the threat for that Darren Helm spot. I, I don't think they're going to scratch Darren Helm at least. In I don't the think they will either, but, um, it... but, but, you know, if, if he continues to struggle, if, cause you, you know, so just a real quick aside, I'll be fast on this. You know, you were saying there's an argument to be made based on Darren Helm's underlying numbers that he could be a healthy scratch. Yep. And what I had said in response is I said, I, I I agree that there's an argument. I don't know if I want to use his underlings because who he's kind of been strapped with all season, kind of a rotating cast. But then you made the point that there's a couple guys that have played with Helm whose underlying metrics have actually improved when they've gone away from him. So now as you get healthy and if you start putting a couple guys with Darren Helm and that line starts being the one that's getting caved in. Helm's the common denominator all of a sudden. Right, right. And if you can at least be getting a product out of Martin Kaut that is not hurting you. Good en- yeah. Right, good enough in the AHL where it's like, hey, you know, we've got someone who's ready to take this, you know, take this spot get it together 
I think that's kind of what they're looking for to Martin Cow. If you're fully healthy this year, um, he's going to have a tough time finding a lineup spot. Yeah, and, and you know, the Cow situation right now, uh, for me, one of the reasons it feels kind of bad is the Avs have just decided that they're just going to keep rolling with Jason Magna, I guess. Yeah. But beyond that, Nick Albay-Kubel has just come in and took a job. Like, he straight up yeah. has just earned a job on the NHL roster. So, you can't fault that at all. And it's 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 what Kout didn't do, right? In yeah. Kout's games, he just wasn't that effective compared to Kubel, who now has three points in, in six, five games, I think, since getting picked three or, up. Three or four points, yeah. Um, is it four? It might be no. Okay. Yeah. Three points and six, three games. points. Okay. Yep. And, and, and yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think that's the perfect way to put it. Ruto. We all see the, the skills, um, that, you know, Martin Kaut has, we see the, the potential and all that stuff. He just, and honestly, this is kind of the, you know, um, <laughs> not quite cause he's actually put up some points in NHL games kind of feels like we're watching the AJ Greer saga all over again. God, we see what you're capable of. We see what you can do. And it just doesn't show up all the time. in The NHL and you see Abe Kubel come in and, and do exactly what he's need to do. And he's earned that spot. Now, Abe Kubel, here's the tough part about being a fringe NHLer. He's going to have to continue yeah, earning it true. every single night. And I think that's honestly where Jason Magna is at right now. He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't really been bad. Jason Magnet, there was a couple guys missing from practice today. Um, and uh, this kind of, I, I'm almost positive, had an effect on it. Jason Magna was playing in between LOC and, uh, um, oh my gosh. I read a text message New in my Hook, mind. Probably. Blank. Yeah, thank you. Holy shit. Yeah, New, New Hook and LOC. I would be shocked if that is their third line going into Wednesday. Yeah, I don't think um, so. I, I would have to imagine that Jose is probably there. It was probably just some shuffling because of, of a couple guys taking some maintenance days. Um, but Jason Megna has been fine. You and I talked about it on a post-game show a couple nights ago. He was moving his leg. You know, he, he moves his feet and he gets in hard on four checks and he's, he's, he's quick on pucks. I, that has kept Jason Megna in the lineup now for almost 20 well, games. I think the other key for Magna is he can play center. Yep. 100%. Martin Cow cannot play center. Yep. He doesn't yeah. play center. And if Cal could play center and they send him down over Magna, I would really be struggling with this decision, but yep. hundred percent. It's just a, it's just a positional thing for the most part. So. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Comfer, Comfer was skating in a red non-contact for, uh, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of practice. He didn't do a ton of, he, he hardly did any drills, um, uh, but a lot of work with Shauna Laird. Jerry Bednar said that the, um, that timeline for him hasn't really moved. So we're probably, uh, they're hoping that he could maybe join them at some point during this five game trip. I'm, I would put my money on he'll probably play that first home game after the five game road trip. Yeah. At, at earliest, it would be the U.S. swing of the trip, I imagine, but not yeah. uh, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa. Right. Yeah. And that was kind of how I took what Bednar said. 
if he's going to meet up with them, it'll probably be in Philadelphia, play that game before they go to New York. Yeah. If and at all. An interesting point here from Ryan, maybe the person who has been buried the most by Kubel coming in and playing well is Maltsev. Um, a guy that the abs have, you know, stated they wanted to get him to the AHL and get him some significant time down there. But it's all of a sudden become real hard to see a pathway back to the NHL for that guy. Just... Yeah. Uh, look, he, he, here's what's been kind of unfortunate for Maltsev is that Jason Magna has played really well. I mean, again, really well. I don't well, think he's played it, that well, but really well in, in Jason Magna terms. You know what I mean? <laughs> we, well, we've talked about it before, right? What did Maltsev got? buried in the AHL because he hurt the team. Yeah. His problems didn't actually cost them the game because they kind of scored their way out of it, but <laughs> pretty much directly responsible for two major problems on goals. Whereas Jason yeah. Megna, his floor is he's kind of just invisible. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and when I, <laughs> I want to make sure I clarify that when I say really well, that's context is King, right? <laughs> Uh, and, 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 you know, really well for, for what you're looking for out of Jason, for what you're looking for out of Jason Megna, he's given you exactly that. Um, it's, it's the same reason Helm's going to stay in the lineup, right? right? Because NHL coaches will fall back on veterans that, you know, what you're going to get out of. Yep. And, and they played Curtis McDermott in that game against the ducks. Pretty obvious. Why? He did. Now, here's what I say as someone who is really, I, I'm really just so over the stage fighting and all that stuff in the NHL. I, I, I like for them to keep fighting in the league because I do think there are times during games and seasons where a fight here or there is appropriate. But for the most part, I, I think for the most part, uh, hockey's in, fighting is in a good spot with the NHL. Curtis McDermott, he came and did his job. Nothing else really happened in that game. So the the theory of it, it's a deterrent. Sure, maybe that game. Um, and then I thought he was fine the other night. Uh, whoever it was um, that, that, that he was playing against Nashville. I think he was in the line of yeah, against Nashville. Nashville yeah. like, like he was fine. Those are ones where if you want to make the argument, yeah, they could have called up Maltsev to um, you know play him in that spot, even if it was on a wing. Sure, they could have. Um my problem with McDermott in the Nashville game is you put him in for Anaheim to do a nothing fight against Delorier. And then mm -hmm. in the Nashville game, you had this giant brouhaha. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, a, it's a great gif. I love that. It's a funny thing. And everyone goes, look at McDermott laughing on the bench, but he's sitting on the bench laughing. He's not yeah. out there deterring anyone from anything. Yeah. I mean, I think Landy, uh, I think Landy kind of deter, uh, deterred McDermott from ever fighting him when he's not on the abs anymore. <laughs> but, uh, said, All right. Avoid yeah. that dude. Forgot yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Cause I mean, Landy beat the, to, to quote Miko, he buried him, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's just not a player that serves a massive purpose in the NHL anymore. Um, you know, we talk a lot about Ryan Reeves kind of like, he's kind of like the gold standard for that type of player. Yeah. Homeboy was a healthy scratch in that for most of the abs night series last season. 
punching faces don't make you good at right. NHL hockey. Like right, I, and and everyone talks about him as kind of like, oh yeah, he's the last of them. Where you know he still contributes and he's still valuable to the team. And it's like, really? <laughs> Are you actually sure he is, or do you just, uh, you know? Are you just saying that? He and, had and five points in thirty-seven games last year, right? For the record, so. And I think McDermott's got. Does he have any this year? I don't one or think two? he has any points yet this year. And and so you know, it's just one of those things where I'm not going to pile on Curtis McDermott. I actually, I, I actually liked, I liked what he did better in these last two games than I did anything of what he had done at the beginning of the season. So that's what I'm going to say. Uh, but yeah, just. Interesting player to keep around. I you cannot in good faith play him as a defenseman again. I don't I don't see how the Avs can do that because it's just been a disaster. The forward yeah, side, he, he's okay. He's not yeah, gonna he's kill fun. you. Yeah, but I, I think there are better choices that you could put in your lineup, but at least you can bury him on the forward side, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Five, six minutes a night. If yeah. he's if he's a defenseman for you, you can't you, you have to skin legitimate minutes. And he's just gotten He's just not a strong enough skater to do that. I've liked him. I've liked him better at forward than at D. Yep. Agreed. Definitely agreed on that point. So uh, we're also brought to you all by Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD infused coffee that, uh, man, I think uh, Eckholm might need some of right now because I hope his head's doing okay after Landy beat it in. Uh, <laughs> check them out. You can get 25% off right now with code DNVR 25 for your first order with them. And they get 20% off going forward with their subscription service. We, we love them over here. Just like all of our people. You can also get hassle cattle company right now. Their holiday special still going on. Use code DNVR 15 to get 15% off whatever meat you might need, whether it be their beef burgers. Uh, they got the, uh, the sirloins. I hear rave reviews about their bone in ribeye. It's all amazing meat. They got the they got the wagyu marbled and fat too. So if you want the super high fancy class stuff, you can you can get that as well. I had my almost my entire family. Hannah was at the bar. We had a couple a uh, couple members that met her actually allegedly allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I had mom, dad, sister down there, and they actually all got uh, the wagyu uh, beef burger. And literally, my sister was raving about it for the entire abs game for all three hours. Um, I was just talking to my mom and my dad last night, two nights ago, or something like that. Um, and and they both brought it up unprompted. That burger at the bar was really good. The meat was really good. So, like, I, I cannot stress this enough. I heard you guys talk about it for years before I came back. Uh, meat, the meat is phenomenal. Yep. Really good. Cannot cannot oversell it every time every time someone has it they're like Bruno, you undersold it and i was like i don't know what else to say about it man you just gotta come and eat it so seriously uh, yeah so so really quickly another piece of news ryan murray did not practice today um i don't were there any details on that from bednar or anything or is it the yeah usual? um unfortunately honestly this was uh you could tell him by the way bednar was speaking about it uh, cause he, he, he sounded pretty upset. Yeah. Um, he said, he, he said, look, it's not great. Yeah. He said, it's really not good news. Um, he said, we don't even have a timeline for it. Yikes. Um, that he said right now, I'm just going to use the word indefinitely. Um, yep. So, so Jack not, Johnson not for good. the foreseeable future in the lineup yeah. then. Yeah. Is, is the expectation there. Um, yeah. 
unfortunately yeah, not surprising with Murray either. The career yeah. of injuries. So yeah, but he uh he said it's it's really not not looking great. Uh it's out indefinitely. Don't know if he's quite done for the year, um, but I would expect this to be um one of those week to week at best. Yeah. Week to week before you're talking day to day. Yeah. 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 I I would honestly like for me, I'd put this at least this is purely going based on his tone. You know, the abs are very tight lipped about, I I was honestly shocked. We even got three weeks, give or take for McKinnon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this to me is like a six weeks to two months thing, just based on how he mentioned it and said, we don't, we don't even have like the beginning of a timeline right now. So yeah, maybe just someone just put in chat. Maybe this is more of a month to month, even yeah. more than a week to week thing. If the abs told you out indefinitely and not day to day. They're yeah. they're D E D dead, basically. So uh <laughs> it's the way not, it goes. Not far off. <laughs> um, but you know, unfortunate for Murray. Thankfully, as long as Bowen Byram and the Avs top four stay healthy. Whoever you put on that bottom pair is pretty interchangeable, really. Yeah. Yeah. So um did did you find anything, Rudo? Did you go back through and see anything no, of what it he could have been? Eleven seconds. Hit one shift. I he obviously must have pulled something and and that was that. But yeah, there's nothing readily available for what it might actually be. Last thing on him, that was one of the things Bednar said after the game. Uh, when someone asked him, he said, well, when you skate 11 seconds and then you have to leave. And he said that the train, the, the, the medical staff came out pretty much right away and said, yeah, this, this guy's done Not for the happening. night. Yeah. And he goes, if, when you leave after 11 seconds and you're ruled out that quickly, you, you know, it's usually not, good. not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is what it is. You can expect to see Jack Johnson in the lineup in that spot. I would imagine, um, you know, I, you never know when indefinitely <laughs> when McDermott might step in or maybe they bring McDonald back or whatever, but that's, that stuff will get to you as, as it goes. Uh, any other final thoughts here, Jesse, as we've gone a little bit long. Yeah, no, uh, last thing, um, they're going to make a decision on a decision on if Frankie is going on the trip or not. Um, but from what it sounds like, uh, kind of a little bit of what was being speculated yesterday. Um, and it's exactly what I thought they're going to hold on to all three guys here for the next several weeks. Um, and it sounds like they're going to kind of slowly ramp Frankie back up. Um, and then from that point, uh, Bednar said that he'll sit down with Joe Sackick, uh, and make a decision on what they want to do with Jojo. Uh, in terms of sending him, you know, because he will have to go through waivers. And with how he's played here, I'd be really Good surprised if he wasn't scooped up. Him, yeah. yeah. Um, but to me, based on what I've heard, that doesn't even sound like going to be a conversation for two to four more weeks, um, at, at least. Yeah. Um, as as Fransos takes more and more reps every practice. Um, again, you're getting good play out of, out of Jojo. Why rush it at all, uh, with, with Frankie, he's, you know, Jojo has been totally passable. He's been completely serviceable. Um, but he is starting to get, get back and that's about it. It's uh, 
December starts the part of the season where the Avs schedule is properly busy. So yeah. they're, they're going to need their backup more than they have so far in the year is, is all I would say about it. And whether that's Jojo or Frankie, whatever it is, they're going to need some quality there. So. And and honestly, like I, I seriously, I, you know, there's been a lot of conversation on Twitter these last few days um, about, oh, who's the real number two. And honestly, a lot of that stuff is like, it's just because we have literally 24 hours, seven days a week to yeah. like, be, like discuss stuff on Twitter. <laughs> um, but like, I really do. I, I think, I think they're going to carry all three guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they carried all three guys for the rest of the season, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you saw all three guys get reps throughout the rest of the year. You've needed three goalies, what, four seasons in a row now? Three yep. playoffs in a row? There's no harm in keeping three guys around. If it helps keep Kemper more fresh late in the season, help keeps Frankie more fresh late in the season, um, I don't see any issue with holding on to all three and giving all three some looks. Yeah, I honestly... I really think it should just be the standard in the NHL. You carry three goalies. Like, yeah, I don't understand why. I mean, I, I do understand why, but I, I think it makes a ton of sense to be able to carry three. If, if you can have enough opportunity for them to yeah. stay fresh and do things like conditioning stints down to the AHL. But. It, it, I was just about to say, it'd be great if there was some type of like flex spot that you could use for a third goalie. Yep. Where it's like, this is our third goalie that, and you'd have to pay him NHL money. Yep. Doesn't get the minor salary, but that would be exempt from waivers because I, I agree with you. I, I think it should be the standard. And the fact that you have to pass a goalie like that through waivers when it's like, it, it's either pass him through waivers or have him just sit there. Yep. And it, right. That's the part that it's like, it's tough because totally, I understand it from a player perspective that if you're an NHL caliber goaltender, you want to be in the NHL making NHL money. So you go through waivers and a team will claim you, you get to stay in the NHL. Great. But you can have the best of both worlds where you're getting NHL pay. You can play games in the AHL. And then you're also the third guy in the NHL too, instead of being stuck in this awkward situation where you're in the NHL, but you can't play and you just kind of do nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that yeah, I think having a like a and it would just be for goalies, a flex spot for your third goalie where you can kind of move them freely. Um that's something that I, I would like to see because I think I think a lot more teams need three goalies than um than is kind of led on. Yep. But yeah, we're we're way over, so I'll, I'll shut the hell up. Yep. All right, we'll get out of here. Thank you everyone watching, listening this podcast today we appreciate all of y'all so very much we'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m we're gonna try and start going a little bit earlier on these pods for you in the afternoon uh so yeah keep your eyes out at one and then of course we got the games pre-game post-game all that stuff for you coming up we're also doing a watch along on monday as well so wednesday Wednesday. Wednesday? Oh, man, it's so hard to remember that Wednesday is Wednesday. <laughs> uh, uh, doing a watch long for the Leafs game with the Avs. We're going to be using playback again, so keep your eyes peeled. Get yourself in the DNVR lounge. We'll, we'll post the link there where you can watch the game with us. Uh, we hope to see all of you there, but uh, until next time, we will talk to you later. <laughs>